what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, tap, slap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. I say it's crackle, the crispy sound. You gotta have crackle. is episode three of More Than Marketing. I'm Rob Johnson. So on this week's episode, what I want to talk about is finances. Now, a lot of people are probably rushing to shut this episode off and flip on Joe Rogan because it sounds far more fascinating than talking about money, and I understand. However, I think this next statistic should hook you in to at least stay a little bit longer, especially if you are Uh, a second in command at a business, an entrepreneur, a business student, or a business owner. You really should listen to this podcast. I'm going to keep it at about 10 to 15 minutes. It's going to be short, and I think it's going to be very helpful for you. So what's the statistic? The statistic is 65% of entrepreneurs who fail have admitted um, to poor decision-making around financial management as the culprit for the collapse. So this article came from Inc. And basically what it's saying is that entrepreneurs who closed a business cited their own financial mismanagement as the reason for the company to close down. So this study is quite vast. It was uh, performed by Zero and it included over 2,000 current and former business owners between the United States and the United Kingdom. So why is this so important? Well, the reason why this topic is important is because a lot of business owners are what we call owner-operators, where they're actually in the field doing the work. So if you have an electrician, he's out there uh, doing electrician things. I'm not an electrician. Um, he's out there, I imagine, uh, running a bunch of cable and hooking up a bunch of fuse boxes and, uh, trying not to electrocute himself, which I've done. It's not a great time. Uh, that's why I'm not an electrician. I do marketing and and business consulting. So I think that's a very good, (laughs) a good set for me because I would be the worst electrician. Um, but yeah, so what, this is important because when we look at, industries and business, we often think, well, I'm very good at this one thing. Therefore, I'm going to be good at business, like running my own business. And that's not the case. You can be the best electrician on the planet. But if you don't have customer service skills, and if you don't have a knowledge of how to operate a business uh, from a leadership perspective, you're going to fail quite quickly. So 65% fail because of money, essentially, they suck at knowing their numbers. And what's, what's happening is these people, I'll just read the report. Actually, this is, this is, uh, I think this is interesting enough to read. So they say here, uh, the, uh, the study performed by zero, um, showed that all of these small businesses were staffed by 20 or fewer employees. Some had reached the five year mark, but many of the others had shut down prior to that. Um, successful entrepreneurs don't make the mistake of mishandling their finances. They manage their money well and keep a close eye on cash flow and other financial reports. 
so this is this is it right here. This is the whole ball game. So I've been in meetings with clients that we haven't signed, and I've been in meetings with clients that signed us for just organizational development and financial management. And the the one question that I always ask is, what is your cash flow per month? And just from a like, let's just say like part of this podcast is kind of detail the startup of an agency. So I'm going to say two things here. One, um, as a side note, and two, as a point of best practices for business. So the first thing is a side note, which is that a lot of people in on YouTube and in this, um, I got to come up with a name for this climate. It's kind of this entrepreneur climate, I guess we could call it, where people really want to own a business, but they don't have never done it before. And instead of owning it, they just kind of talk about philosophy and theory about business and they open up classes and they try and rip people off. Those people will tell you to estimate a business's cash flow so you can know how much to charge them. That's garbage. That's straight garbage. Don't ever do that. Usually, like one, all of our prices are fixed unless it's a super crazy complicated client, but 95% of the clients that we work with are not in that boat. So fixed pricing is a big win there. That can help with trust. But the second point is you need to understand the cash flow of a business if you're going into consult because you need to understand what their expense list looks like, where you can cut, and actually having an understanding of the entire financial scope of the business. So a good example is um, let's say you have – let's use the electrical company and you do commercial electrical work. And you have vendor A and vendor B. And vendor B, you've never really given a chance because you've always been so married to vendor A. But vendor A, after a consultant comes in and evaluates both, has been overcharging 20%. Vendor B actually has better ratings, better reviews, and cheaper products. So vendor B would save you 20% on your commercial electrical equipment, wherever you get it from, right? Um So that is an example of understanding the operational dynamics of a business to help with cash flow. And that's why as businesses get older and older, like consulting businesses, you see them specialize more and more because they understand an industry demonstrably well. And that's a very valuable asset, uh, understanding one industry better than other consulting companies because then you can go into that industry and disrupt markets in several different parts of the United States or even internationally and be a really big game changer. But all of that aside, businesses that don't understand cash flow are going to very quickly fail. Um, we've, like As I said, I've talked to uh, businesses before where they don't even know how much they make per month. And that's okay. If you have the intention of discovering that number. Now, in all perfect worlds, you would want to know that number before you go too deep in a, in a business. Like for us, like I'm a budget hawk. Like I know to the penny what we make every month and what we have in receivables and what's outstanding and what's not out, you know, and what's, what's on its way to be paid and then what our expenses are, you know, where our expenses are month to month because all of that is extremely important, especially for a startup like ours that didn't use debt, used owner capital, um, no VCs, and is just really starting kind of this grassroots effort because we want to have a company that has stable cash flow with limited liabilities. So that's, that's where we're at right now, but... Understanding cash flow is the key to 
understanding kind of the bird's eye view of a business. Now, there's more financial statements that are much deeper and more important for a business to, to understand as you press on. But cash flow is first. The next is your net income. So it's cash flow. If cash flow is kind of like the analogies are escaping me right now. It doesn't really matter. Basically, cash flow is the bird's eye view. And net income is kind of what you're seeing when you're coming closer to the ground. So it's very, uh, it's very close to cash flow, but it's basically the cash that's left over. It's, it's your net earnings or your net profit. And this is taking um, all of your expenses, your taxes, subtracting them from your income, and then looking at what your net is. Now, fun fact, this doesn't include depreciation. And net profit, or net income rather, is a very good understanding of how much money you have in the financial sustainability of your business. And this is related to things like your profit and loss, which is the same thing. It's your sales or revenue minus your expenses. And this is generally something that we run quarterly. So we do quarterly P&Ls to look at the financial standing of our business if we've grown where we lost and then kind of zoom in month by month or even week by week to see what made one week better than another, whether we had a surge in clients or project work or invoices that were on the back burner that finally came through. Whatever it is, having that understanding of a P&L from a, from a month by month or a quarterly perspective really helps gauge what things are working and what things aren't working. It's even helpful when you're tracking things like sales to see um, you know, which salesperson has been producing more and then juxtaposing that to your profit and loss because those two things should match. Um, other things that are probably valuable is to know kind of what your margin is as a business. So margin is basically, let's say you run a t-shirt company, right? And it's you and an employee. So the employee costs you, let's say 2000 a month. Um, your, your materials that you get for the volume that you do cost 2000 a month. And then you pay yourself 4000 a month. So to break even you're $8,000 a month. We're using round numbers here. <laughs> there's more, there's, you know, you can talk about rent or electricity or, or whatever, but let's just round, round numbers, right? Uh, 8,000 a month. And then let's say that you do $16,000 a month in gross profit. So your margin is about 50%, right? Which is, which is a very good margin. And you see differences in margin based on industry, like, for example, in the food services and restaurant business, 10 to 20% is rock solid. In the construction game, 50% is good. And then in, like, the consulting game, you're at, like, 70 to 80% margin because it's mostly brain power and, and, and some resources, right? Um, but, but you can see how different basically different industries have different margins. So don't, because your friend runs a restaurant business and he's at 10% and you run construction, you're at 50. That doesn't mean he's doing a bad job. Um, it's just basically what the industry specificity is for terms of a, of a gross margin or even a net margin. Um, yeah, so so margin is important. So basically we we ran through, let's see here. Cash flow, net income, profit and loss, sales, and then we talked a little bit about the gross margin. So generally when I run into a company and, and we start doing our work, what I'll do is I'll take a look at just the financial standing, where are things at, review their books, 
review their operation, their pricing, uh, do a competitive market analysis on pricing versus competitors, and then also see if there's some type of X factor that this business has that another one doesn't or vice versa. And then we'll roll all of that into a plan where we'll say, okay, here is our game plan going forward. Here's what we're thinking about doing. And then we'll we'll run and operate as, uh, as such. So all of that to say that the choices that you make when you're spending as a business owner are vital. Now, I know we just kind of went through a lot of jargon and things that might not sound like they're important, but for me as a business owner that has employees, like I value cash flow so much because I am responsible for paying other people. When someone comes and works for me, I don't sign them on board unless I know for sure, without a doubt, I can make their payroll. Because the saddest day in my business is going to be the day that I can't make payroll. And Lord willing, that day will never come around. Because uh, Johnstone and I put a very big emphasis on making sure that we have proper cash flow. This is very much a leaders eat last type of philosophy. And it's very much an extreme ownership philosophy of, of everything that happens in the business comes down to you ultimately. Your decision um, it's your choice. It's your outcome. So that's how I look at cash flow, and it can seem super boring, especially if you're not a numbers person. But numbers are what funnel and fuel the business. Like service, exponentially more important than just focusing on money. But once that service is in place and that customer service standard has been fully developed or developed to a point where it's working quite well attention needs to shift to the finances. And if you're in a position as a startup where you can do both extremely well, that's great. And and you should try and do both well. But there's a certain point where you need to understand the numbers and that becomes important in your growth and in your success. So the numbers, even if you hire someone to do it like ourselves, like we try and educate clients on this as well so that way they have a learning and working knowledge of it too. Um, because it's not just about what we say. And and at the end of the day, we're trying to educate people too for growth and scalability. And there might be a day where, you know, they grow to a point where, you know, they need more people on their team and it's not just going to be our responsibility to train those other people. It's, it's part of the business owner's responsibility as well. So, so that's kind of my two cents on the financial management dynamic. So, There we go. So right now, uh, according to my timer, I'm at 14 minutes and 12 seconds. So I think that is a win. After the intro music, we'll probably be right about 15 minutes. So So I'll wrap it up. This is episode three of More Than Marketing. We're going to be going into more detail on these financials. So if this feels elementary to you, great. I'm glad it does. If this feels like I already know this, great. Then check it off your list. Move on to something else that that you have a weakness on. But if it's an area where you want to improve on more, stay tuned, subscribe, and we will be rolling out more content, including dialogues with other business owners on the value of marketing and financing and and how important it is to keep a pulse on nearly every component of your business. So I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you have a great week. And uh, and again, thanks for taking the time out to, uh, to listen. Godspeed. <laughs>